Hi there, folks, and welcome once again. This is Dave Lorenzo. We have a very special interview for you today. This interview is the very first show of this podcast. That's right. It's an interview with Alan Weiss, and it's an interview I did a couple of years ago. In this interview, Alan talks about his mindset and his philosophy and how he's grown his personal business. He has a business that is a lifestyle business where he does over a million dollars a year in annual revenue as a sole practitioner consultant. And he's a mentor to other people who want to build a similar business. So join me today for the very first interview I ever did. It is my interview with Alan Weiss here on the Inside BS Show. Alan has attracted clients over the years such as Merck, Hewlett-Packard, GE, Mercedes-Benz, State Street Corporation, the Times Mirror Group, and hundreds, hundreds of independent consultants and professional speakers. He speaks himself 20 keynotes a year. He's one of the best keynote speakers and probably the best keynote speaker you're, you're going to see. He's spoken at Case Western Reserve University, Boston College, Tufts, St. John's, University of Illinois. Every university that it has brought him in to speak, I'm sure has gotten incredible value from him. He is an inductee into the Professional Speaking Hall of Fame. He also has published over 60 books, over 60 books, including his bestseller, Million Dollar Consulting. And as a special treat to those of you who are joining us on our inaugural episode, if you're listening to this right now and you have a question or you want to mention something of value you've got from Alan, I'm going to send you, as long as you uh, send me your email address, I'm going to send you a copy of Million Dollar Maverick. That's Alan, my favorite book that Alan's written. It's one of the over 60 that he's written. And this book is a memoir along with Alan's tips on how to be a fantastic consultant and deliver value. It is valuable to professional service providers. It's valuable to independent sales professionals. You will get a lot out of it. You'll enjoy it. It's a quick read. So the first 10 people that leave a comment on this episode will get a copy of Million Dollar Mavericks. Send me your email address and I'll get your physical address and send it to you. Now, without further ado, I want to welcome in Alan Weiss. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Dave. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here for your first episode. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it very much. And I was just saying before we went live that everyone else will have to live up to this standard. So those of you who are future guests, I encourage you to try and outdo the great advice Alan's going to give us today. I want to, I want to begin with a concept that you teach to all, those of us who uh, call you a mentor, and that is being or becoming an object of interest. And I want to get into this by telling a story. I came to see you uh, earlier this year at your home, at your, at your retreat center, and I took an Uber from the hotel to, the, to, the, to your house, to the retreat center. And on the way over, I gave the gentleman the address, and you were very detailed in giving me instructions about how to get in the driveway and everything. And I was reading the instructions to him, and he said, I don't need that. I know how to get there. I know, I know who this guy is. He's the guy that drives the Rolls Royce. So Alan, you are an incredible object of interest. Can you tell those of us who have not yet uh, achieved the level of success you have to, to have a Rolls Royce, how do we become an object of interest to our audience of prospects and clients? Well, I think you have to become an object of interest to everyone. Uh, don't just focus on your clients. You have to be well-read, you have to be well-traveled, 
you know, I, I get a kick out of people who tell me, for example, they won't try uni, uh, a, a very nice Japanese uh, sushi dish. They won't try uni because they just don't like the sound of it or what it looks like and so forth. Now, if you've tasted it, you don't like it, that's fine. But not to taste, it's ridiculous. You know, I had somebody tell me, I really don't want to go to Vietnam. I was, I was thinking about holding a, a, a special event there. And I really don't feel like going here. I really don't feel like going there. Well, the person's never been there. Uh, and too many people narrow their, wor their world arbitrarily like that. So you have to be willing to travel and to read and to uh, take in the world around you. Probably of all the reading I do, the least reading would be business books. And so if you want to be an object of interest, you have to talk to people on their own terms. And my wife says, I can probably talk to anybody about anything, maybe not in the depth that they can, you know, if they're a musician or a nuclear physicist, but I can talk to them. And so you have to allow yourself to get uh, beyond your particular cocoon, beyond the kind of work you're doing, and take in the rest of the world. That's a, that's a great concept. Now, so I, if I'm a financial advisor out there, another, another story you've told is, hey, listen, you're a, uh, you're a great financial advisor. Why are you cold calling me? How come I've never, I've never heard of you? That financial advisor, how does he establish himself as an expert, differentiate himself from everyone else who does what, what he does so that someone who is successful will say, hmm, this is an interesting person. This is someone I need to get to know more. How does that, how does that financial advisor uh, establish himself as someone uh, who's an object of curiosity who you would want to know? Well, stop talking about finance. You know, start talking about other things. I remember I met a, a prospect once at one of the air clubs in New York. And um, when I walked in, he had been waiting for me and he had a copy of one of Tom Wolfe's uh, newest books at the time on, uh, on the table in front of him. And I said, oh, a man in full. I said, I finished that. What did you think of? And he said, whoa, 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 don't. I haven't finished it yet. Don't give <laughs> anything away. So we started talking about Tom Wolfe. And then we started talking about some films and so forth. And so before you knew it, we had rapport. We had camaraderie. And so moving into business then, we already had a trusting relationship. So whether you're a financial advisor or you're a realtor or you're an IT specialist, whatever you are, doesn't matter. You need to stop talking about your field. You need to start talking about other things. And that means that every day you need to read. You need to read the Wall Street Journal. You need to read your local newspaper, you know, preferably the New York Times on Sundays. You need to see what's going on in the world. And you also need to broaden your experience and, and broaden your willingness to consider things. Once you do that, you find that you can talk to people about a wide variety of things and uh, it gains this momentum toward more of a, a profound business relationship uh, if you do it that way. That's great. Now, there's a, there's a story that you've also told about, and, and this is one of the things that endeared you to me early on, because I, I feel like I'm in the same situation. There's a story you told um, about going to a party and sitting on the couch, and you ha have a unique talent of being able to exchange one glass for another of your, of your favorite beverage uh, without, without, ever having to, without ever having to leave or say a word. Tell me how you start those types of conversations. At, uh, at, a, at a cocktail party or a, even a networking event. For me, that's one of the most incredibly awkward times, one of the most incredibly awkward opportunities. So how do you do it? Well, you have to separate what we're talking about here. I, I'm not interested in cocktail parties. Uh, it's, it's usually banal kind of small talk. Uh, inevitably, the people in the room are not people who can help my business. And in fact, most of the times they're not people I'd like to work with. Uh, mm, they might okay. be acquaintances and so forth. Uh, but um, 
these aren't people who I want to work with or, or develop long-term relationships with. And so if my wife wants to go to one of these things, you know, I'll, I'll sit and drink and, and keep her happy until we can leave. Now, networking event is different. At a networking event, what you want to do is find somebody who could be a potential buyer or recommender. And that's not hard to do. But what you don't want to do is try to give them a pitch, try to give them anything. I mean, I know people who try to hand out business cards. They even try to hand out books. It's ridiculous. All you want to do is get them to talk about themselves, tell them that you can provide help, uh, but this isn't the time or the place. And are they open to have a call or a meeting later in the week? And so it's a five minute kind of transaction because networking is a process, not an event. So one, you make sure you're talking to a buyer or a recommender. Two, you uh, provoke them a little bit. You pique their interest by providing some value. Number three, you make an appointment to talk to them later. And if you can come out with just two or three of those in any particular, say, you know, two hour networking event, you're doing a good job. That's great. Tell me, tell me about when you, I want to, I want to take you back to when, uh, when you first started and you were, you were just realizing that you had success as a consultant, as a, as an independent professional, what, uh, what was the, what was the most important thing that was the thing that kind of put you over the top that took you from survival into thriving? Well, I think there were two things. Uh, the first was I recognized this was a relationship business. And so you had to establish relationships with true buyers if you're going to get anywhere. And I focused on developing those relationships at executive levels uh, by being able to talk on a wide variety of topics, but also being sure that I provided them with such unique value that they started to think if I'm getting this value for free, what would I get if I hired the guy? The second aspect was I determined since I had come from the training industry, I would never, ever, ever, ever again charge for a box of materials or a participant in a seat or a time unit. Uh, that's no way to make money. In fact, it's unethical because clients are entitled to quick resolutions, but the only way you make money that way is through long elongated solutions. And so I decided I would charge for value. I really pioneered value-based fees in the consulting profession. And those two activities, developing relationships with executives and charging for value is what uh, accelerated my career. You know, it's funny you say that. That's how I, that's how I discovered you. I purchased, I think it was a, an $8 uh, booklet on Amazon in 2000. And I want to say it was 2006 on exactly that on, on value-based fees. And it I realized it was $7. Oh, seven dollars. Okay, and I and I realized at that point that I already had purchased two two of your other books. I had per, I had originally purchased Million Dollar Consulting and the Million Dollar I think it was the Million Dollar uh, Consulting Toolkit, and I said, oh, this is this is the guy who wrote those books, and I to me that real that, that that spoke to me because I've worked over the years with a lot of lawyers and they uh, inherent in their industry is the need to charge by the hour and it. Uh, it puts in disalignment, if that's the if that's the correct turn of a of a phrase. It puts in disalignment their interests and the interests of the of the client. So uh, that's how that's how I I first ended up meeting you and connecting with you. Now you've built an enormous body of work over the years, sixty plus books, uh, hundreds of articles. You speak all over the place, and now with video and audio podcasts and videos uh, are have made you. It's it's almost impossible to to Google consulting without seeing a, a video, an audio program, or a book from Alan Weiss. If I'm just if I just get this concept now, I'm a sales professional, or an, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm just getting this concept. 
where do I start to build my body of work? What's your best recommendation for, for starting to build a body of work? Uh, so you, you're not talking about my body of work. You're talking about no, no. building their own body yeah, of work. I'm talking about, a, a, you know, a, let's, say, let's say I'm an entrepreneur and I own a, a store, I own a dry cleaning business, or I'm, I'm a professional for working for Stryker, selling, uh, selling orthopedic products. I want to differentiate myself by building a body of work. What's your recommendation on how I get started doing that? Well, you have to appear in the public square frequently, what I call a public square frequently, with new intellectual property. So you need to determine the following. Because you, you mentioned a wide variety of, of uh, specialties there. Uh, what do your ideal buyers read? What do your ideal buyers attend? Where do your ideal buyers hang out? And who do your ideal buyers listen to? And once you determine those things, you know where you want to speak, where you want to publish, where you want to network, and who you want to impress. And so you start, uh, putting, you start publishing in, in those periodicals that those people read. I mean, you're not going to get an article in the Wall Street Journal, but you would get an article in something like Dentistry Today or something. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to start speaking at events they attend, which means trade association and professional association events. Uh, most importantly, I think, uh, you want to continue to pump new intellectual property into your environment so that people are getting new ideas and you're recognized as the source. So for example, I've published more books on consulting than anyone in history. And you wanna be in a position where you're, you're publishing or writing or speaking about more on your specialty than anyone else around. I'll tell you one final thing. Uh, the major way that people make buying decisions today is not on the internet. Uh, it's by word of mouth, it's by peer reference. And uh, Jonah Berger, um, a professor who wrote um, Contagion and Invisible Influence, was a guest speaker at one of my events. And his research is fascinating because only 4% of that kind of word of mouth occurs on the internet. All the rest occur interpersonally, not virtually, but in reality. So these are the people you have to impress who are talking to each other. Because if you came to me and said, Alan, I need a good dentist, mine retired, I would give you the name of my dentist because I'm doing you a favor and my dentist a favor. Right. That's how it works. That's how peer-to-peer -peer references work. And that's that's the sequence we have to get into. Okay, that's great. I'm going to put the, a link to Jonah Berger's group along with the, the books I mentioned from you in the, in the show notes. Let's talk a little bit about that. Your, last time I spoke with you, you mentioned that you were working on, uh, on something. I think it's going to be a, a book eventually called uh, Evangelist Selling or something along those lines. Tell me about how you create an environment where people are, are evangelists for you. Well, you attract attractors. And so what you do is, you know, your current clients love you. Your prospects don't love you because they don't know you. But too often we assume they have to love us too. So I bring these people together. I bring them together at my events in reality. For example, in April of 2019, I'm doing the Million Dollar Consulting Convention outside of Washington, D.C. This is my fifth one. And at that convention will be, you know, 140 people or so some of whom use me uh, as a personal coach, some of whom just read my books and everything in between. And the people right. who use me to a great extent will be telling the people who don't, here's a better way to deal with Alan. You have to get engaged with this and that. That's evangelistic selling. I bring them together virtually as well as in reality. Right now, as you and I are talking, alansforums.com is going on 24 seven. Uh, people in my community automatically belong to it. People outside of it can pay to join for life. Uh, and people are exchanging ideas who wouldn't know each other except through their knowledge of me. And so you write on the forum, somebody will say, well, you have to attend the Million Dollar Consulting College. That's the next thing you have to do. 
So you create that kind of interaction between your best clients and your prospects or your best clients and your second best clients. And what happens is the evangelism is far, far more effective than personal selling. I love it. That's th that, that tip alone is worth the time that you've invested to be with us. So the final topic I want to discuss with you today, Alan, has been probably the most valuable thing that, uh, that I've gotten from you over the years. And I think I initially read or I heard you say that when you first began down this road of helping folks with their consulting business or helping professionals with a professional service business, you thought the biggest issue was going to be a lack of financing or the inability to get financing. Yet you found out, I think either quickly or, or over time, that the issue was not that and the issue was self-esteem and maintaining a healthy self-esteem while you grow your practice, while you grow your business. And, and the, this show, the Do This Sell More show, is designed to help salespeople. And there, there are, there's no one that takes a beating in his or her self-esteem as frequently and uh, at, with, with as much uh, vigor as the independent sales professional or the entrepreneur starting a business because we're really, we're all in the sales business. Tell me about uh, creating and maintaining a healthy self-esteem when you're an independent professional or you know, a, sales in a sales executive out there. Well, you can't let your ego be at risk. You can't let your ego be vulnerable. You have to understand that just because you get a no doesn't mean anything about your self-worth. You can still be a good person, a valuable, worthy person, even though you haven't succeeded at something. Behavior is important, not necessarily constant victories. Moreover, if you're not failing, you're not trying. Uh, everybody I know, uh, everybody I've always uh, respected uh, has failed uh, in the midst of succeeding. And so you can't take a setback or a critique or a critical review or somebody unsubscribing as some kind of personal setback. You just have to accept it as part of life. You also need a support system and your family or your colleagues or your uh, uh, association friends or whomever it is have to constitute a support system which tells you the truth about things uh, helps you when uh, you've suffered defeats, but also helps you celebrate when you've had victories. And so you have to get over the fact that it's about you personally. You know, there, there's a, a famous example where somebody took A Tale of Two Cities, one of the classic novels of all time by Dickens, and retyped it on a conventional typewriter, but took off Dickens' name and put his own name on it. And he submitted it and four publishers rejected it. <laughs> right and it just shows that those you know the editors they didn't know that one thing from another uh or they were having bad days and so you can't take defeats personally and you cannot let your ego be exposed so that every time something adverse happens you know you feel it's a negative commentary on you and you need people to help you do that and how do you and maintaining that over the years is just having discussions with these people and having the having the folks in your in your life continually remind you of times when you were successful? Is it as simple as that? No, it's more than that. I call it a personal mastery and personal mastery occurs when you realize that a critique is valid or not valid. And I mean, uh, it could go either way. It, it, somebody could tell you, God, that was just horrible what you just did. But you realize it wasn't. You know, people come up with their own agendas people people come up to me you know it's some guy who says he's a speech coach in london comes up and says you know would you like me to tell you how you you can improve your speech and i said no you know <laughs> get away from me uh, on the other hand a woman says to me you know you're the best speaker we ever had here and i said no i'm not and she said you're the best speaker we've ever had i said i'll tell you what tell me why and she said because you're the only speaker we've ever had who could hold the microphone and walk and talk all at the same time 
So oh people have these crazy kind of criteria. And so you have to know yourself when you're good and when you're not so good. And you can't rely on the feedback of other people. And I'll tell you something, you know, I believe in the 1% solution, which means if you improve by 1% a day in 70 days, you're twice as good. It's in all my books. And I'll this might be the 1% for some of your listeners. Do not listen to unsolicited feedback. Solicited feedback is feedback you ask for from people you respect, but unsolicited feedback comes from people who just decide they're going to give you some feedback. Ignore it. It's for the sender. And if you accept this stuff, you'll just be a ping pong ball. I love it. Alan, that's fantastic advice. Thank you. And I love the, the phrase that you use all the time to help. To, I, I think it's to help reinforces. It reinforces it for me. No guilt, no fear, no peer. And that's kind of, that's been, that's been something that I've had written on just about everything that I, that I look at. I use a notebook every day to, um, to keep notes when I'm, when I'm walking around on the first page of every notebook, when I change it at the beginning of the month, I write that down to help, to help keep my self-esteem pumped up so that I, so that I realize that I am, you know, I am as capable as I need to be in the moment and I need to focus on the things that I've done well and continue to uh, constantly improve. So Alan, I know you've got, I know you've got a, a great new website that you're, that you're launching right now for 2019. You mentioned the, uh, the million dollar consulting convention. What else do our listeners need to know? What's the best way to get involved with Alan Weiss right now? Well, there are several ways. I think, uh, you know, one is to attend my uh, Million Dollar Consulting College, which I run uh, generally once a year in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, I only take, um, I take no more than uh, 12 people or 15 people at, at the most. Uh, and that's a good way to get two and a half days of really intimate, high-powered uh, growth and development. Another way is to enter my personal coaching program. Uh, we call it CATEN, which stands for Kick-Ass and Take Names. Uh, and you work with me personally for nine months uh, on, a, on a weekly basis. And we create assignments for you and so forth. Uh, and then I also have uh, master mentors and you can work with my master mentors on a six month period and learn from them. So there are some uh, easy ways to get involved. And I also have a live stream uh, broadcast series for 2019, which you can sign up for on my site. Every month's a different developmental um, behavior and trait for people. And then finally, for this point you raised earlier about being well-rounded, 2019, I'm starting Alan's Riff it's a once a month phone call on topics that will make you a better conversationalist and enable you to talk to almost anyone. And again, you can sign up on alanweiss.com. Perfect. alanweiss.com is the, is the website. And those of you who leave comments on this episode on iTunes or on any of the social media outlets, if you leave me your email address, I'll contact you. First 10 people will get a copy of Alan's book, Million Dollar Maverick please visit alanweiss.com and in any way that you possibly can, even if it's something as simple as buying a book or connecting with his, with his live stream, get involved with Alan because this is the graduate school of consulting and professional services. There's nobody better in the business at helping you go from where you are to where you need to be. He's especially valuable if you don't know where you want to go, because Alan can help you clear that up and get back on track if you were successful and you want to be successful again. Alan Weiss, it's been an honor to speak with you today on our inaugural episode. And until next time, 
we will have you come back and listen to us with another great guest. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. We're here every day with a brand new show for you. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow. And please, if you're looking to take your business to the next level, join us in my Inner Circle Business Development Community. If you like what you hear on the Inside BS Show, and you're ready to take your business to the place where it can do exactly what Alan said, go to joindavelorenzo.com. That's joindavelorenzo.com. And we hope to see you on the inside.